Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Friday, June 16th. I'm Desiree Frazier. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, some 168,000 power outages reported as a result of this week's severe weather. Then, Mississippi's Agriculture Commissioner announces a new program to fight hunger. Plus, a new documentary shines a light on women in the state in the ways they are often left powerless. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Mississippi Emergency Management Agency is reporting more than 168,000 power outages this morning following a wave of severe storms across the state. Thunderstorm warnings were issued last night with the most severe damage in central Mississippi. Straight-line winds reached upwards of 80 miles per hour. Our Kobe Vance speaks with MEMA spokesperson Mallory White about what folks need to do in the wake of these severe storms. One of our biggest concerns is people actually waking up and, and hearing those alerts on their phones, making sure that they need to take safety precautions before they even head out the door. Um, I don't know if you noticed, but we got an, an EAS alert from the National Weather Service about 4 o'clock this morning telling people just how severe this was and to seek shelter. So that's why we encourage everyone to have multiple ways to receive those alerts. Outdoor sirens are not meant to wake you up while you're asleep in your bed. That's why we encourage everyone to have multiple ways uh, to receive those critical weather alerts. But if, whenever you're heading out the door, a um, couple of things we, we want people to be aware of. We are going to have some down power lines, and we're going to have a lot of debris in the road. So do not try and rush to work. Take your time getting there um, and be vigilant driving, especially if you drive along areas that have a lot of trees around them, because that's what we're seeing right now. We're seeing down power lines and we're seeing trees and debris in the roadway. Right now, Entergy's reporting thousands, tens of thousands of outages across central Mississippi, and I'm sure that there's plenty more there's for other energy providers outside of the central part of the state. What would be your advice to people as they might be without power right now? Yeah, so we're currently tracking over 157,000 without power right now, a majority of that in central Mississippi going all the way down to portions of the Pine Belt. 
So uh, a couple of things that people need to remember whenever there is a power outage, and it could be prolonged. Obviously, you're going to stay away from those down power lines. We encourage you not to even drive over them. If you see them down, turn around and find an alternate route. Keep your freezers and refrigerators closed. Don't open them up. If you are lucky enough to have a generator, make sure that it's outdoors. Don't keep it under your carport. Don't keep it near a window. And disconnect all your appliances, too, before you leave out the, out the door this morning. And the reason for that is whenever the power comes back on, there could be an electrical surge, and therefore it may damage your appliances. And then for those who ha- are insulin-dependent or have medicines that need to stay cool, we urge you to have alternate plans for that. Maybe go getting a bag of ice and, and keeping your insulin cooled that way. Um, and use coolers if necessary, and monitor the temperatures of the coolers, uh, and and just be aware and, and monitor how long that power outage may have been at your house, because then you go into food safety, and um, the health department has some wonderful tips of how long food is good for uh, after a power outage. What are the concerns that y'all have for these straight-line winds and other uh, just storm fronts that move through Mississippi? I know we're in hurricane season now. I guess we can't forget about these just pop-up storms that happen every now and then. Yes, unfortunately, we're still having them. One of the the biggest things, um, people see a severe thunderstorm warning, and a lot of times they're like, oh, it's just a thunderstorm. But straight-line winds can actually be just as damaging um, as a tornado. And some of the winds that we saw overnight up to 80 miles per hour, that's a wind speed of a hurricane, of a small hurricane. So... It can be just as damaging, and whenever you have those types of straight-line winds, think about it. The ground is already saturated. Trees are more likely to be uprooted, fall on your property, fall on your house, fall on your car. Um, And so that's a big concern is watching out for those trees and those tree branches. And so we urge people during the blue sky days, if you have some branches or trees that seem iffy, try and cut it down if you can um, so you don't end up with a tree in the middle of your house. Um, that That is one thing that we encourage. And then power lines. We just urge people to stay away from the down power lines. We haven't had any injuries reported to us yet, and I hope it stays that way. Something I think is pretty common in this scenario is a down tree across a road or across a driveway. Who can people call to be able to get assistance if they don't have the equipment to remove that? So there are a lot of... Um, nonprofits that would be able to do that. Uh, One thing that people need to keep in mind is government cannot go onto private property and remove your debris. That's why it's so important, and we do those all calls for volunteers after the tornadoes that we had on March 24th. Um, And so the first thing that I would do is if a tree falls down and you have property damage, call your insurance company, and your insurance company may be able to connect you with someone who can help you get that tree removed. Um, the next call to make, or what you can do on um, online, is report your damage to your county. And you can do so through our website, msema.org, and you're going to rep- click the tab that says Report Damage. Select the county you live in and report your damage. It'll ask various questions, and if you have pictures of your damage, that's even better. Um, And that report goes to your county, and it goes to us as well, so we can kind of see how widespread the damage is and if state assistance is going to be available. What kind of damage should people be looking for? We're not talking trees down on a fence. We are talking trees down on your house. So what 
um, has happened to your house? Do you have structural damage such as is the roof caved in? Do you have a wall damaged? Those types of things. Whatever has damaged the integrity of the house, the structural integrity, that's what we need to see. If it has fallen on a car, not really something that we need to see. We need to see if you have a home that is still livable. Anything else that we haven't talked about that you'd like to share with Mississippians when it comes to these pop-up storms? So for those who are in counties um, and and may need additional assistance, I would contact your uh, county EMA and ask them if if they have a long-term recovery committee. Um, And those long-term recovery committees are nonprofits, and they can help connect you with some of those resources if you don't have the resources yourself to have a contract. Mallory White is a spokesperson with the Mississippi Emergency Management Agency. Mallory, thank you so much for talking with us. Thank you, Kobe. Coming up, Mississippi's Ag Commissioner is promoting farmers' markets as a source of affordable and easy-to-find produce. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, host of Southern Remedies Relatively Speaking, a show that explores issues that relate to you and your family, from mental health obstacles and family interactions to handling life disruptions. Whatever it is, we're here to help. Find out what we're all about and subscribe to the podcast by using any podcast app or by downloading our MPB Public Media app. Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. While Mississippi is well known for its agriculture industry, many residents throughout the state are facing food insecurity. Inflation has driven up prices and state lawmakers haven't eliminated the grocery tax, despite a growing interest in doing so. State Agriculture Commissioner Andy Gibson says one solution may be buying local. We have it abundantly and available all over the great state of Mississippi in the farmer's markets across Mississippi that are in prime season right now. Now, the catch is we're in season while it's season, and after that, the season's over. So you got to shop while the, while the shopping is good. you got to get your produce while it's there. I'm holding in my hand right here a handful of, uh, they, you may call them green beans or string beans, but snap beans are in season right now. We're here at the Mississippi Farmer's Market, which is open on Thursdays from 9 to 1, and every Saturday from 8 to 1. And uh, we are excited about promoting Mississippi farmers markets. These farmers are the hardest working people in the world, Uh, working through and persevering through the difficult times that we've had through the pandemic, through the storms that we face. They're working to produce our food, and we need to support them. And not only that, it's good for our families when we buy and support local food. Gibson says there are several ways folks can support their local farmers and save money at the same time. First of all, uh, the opportunities to to buy local include your Mississippi farmers markets. Uh, Mississippi farmers markets, as you see on this map right here, are indicated by the star. They're scattered all over the state. Uh, They are available on our website at msfarmersmarket.com. 
You can go online. We've created all these local resources for you to find where your local farmer's market is. Most of them are opening up right now. Most of them should be open right now. At last count, we had over 100 certified farmer's markets in Mississippi, about one in every county, sometimes more than one in every county. So we encourage you to go and shop local and buy local food. Now, what you need to remember is this is fresh produce. So you'll need to be prepared to, to put it up in the freezer or if you like to can, to can it, to put it up. And you can eat on it all year long. So we encourage you to do that at Mississippi Farmers Markets all around Mississippi. Another way that you can buy local is through our agritourism program, a local farm where you can go and shop and pick your own berries or fruits and vegetables. And that is available. A list of all of those facilities are at msagritourism.org. That's the website. And uh, a third resource that we have developed for farmers, and if you're a farmer out there listening, we want you to be a part of this. We've created an online portal for Mississippi shoppers to connect with farmers at msfarmmarketplace.com, msfarmmarketplace.com. It's an online version of our Mississippi Market Bulletin where people can list what they have for sale, and people who are interested to buy can contact them and buy that and go local to the farm to do that. So if you're a farmer and you'd like to tap that market, we encourage you to sign up and do that. You can buy anything you want to buy from uh, eggs and uh, meat uh, on the hoof, beef on the hoof. You can buy produce, vegetables, uh, nuts, berries. It's all there at msfarmmarketplace.com. And then fourthly, there's a fourth resource that we have, and it's the good old old standard, I call it, the Mississippi Market Bulletin. The Mississippi Market Bulletin is a publication of your Mississippi Department of Agriculture and Commerce, and uh, it is the largest buy-sell newspaper in America. In fact, it goes to more households in Mississippi twice a month than any other newspaper that I know about. And we encourage you to sign up to it because what we have in here are the opportunities to buy and sell local food from local farmers. You can shop really whatever you're looking to buy. It's there. And you can register, sign up for the Mississippi Market Bulletin at msmarketbulletin.org. That's the website right there. If you subscribe, it'll come to your home two times a month, twice a month, uh, 24 issues a year. Each one features an article about Mississippi agriculture and news updates Sometimes I write something, and all, always one of the favorite features is uh, from our kitchen to yours recipes that you can cook these snap beans and other good, other good produce, uh, fruits and vegetables in some great recipes. And the fifth, there's one more resource that we have for you, and it is Genuine Mississippi. Uh, our flagship program, Genuine Mississippi, promotes everything grown, raised, crafted, and made right here in the Magnolia State. Gibson says there are also a couple of new programs that could help both farmers and consumers. Uh, we have recently received an award of a, a grant, a, a program from USDA, to build out more food infrastructure for Mississippi. That is the middle supply chain, things that it takes between harvest and the, the shopper to keep food cold, for example, cold storage, to process it. Uh, to warehouse it, to box it, to pack it, to distribute it, to transport it. And we're excited to roll this out. It's called the Resilient Food Systems Infrastructure Program. We will be making a major announcement about this in just a couple of weeks. But to give you a heads up, uh, we look forward to, uh, we'll be holding meetings around the state 
in a, in a, over the next several uh, weeks, talking to farmers about their needs and also talking to food supply businesses about uh, their wishes and ways that we can further increase Mississippians' availability to affordable and fresh, healthy local produce. Andy Gibson is Mississippi's Agriculture and Commerce Commissioner. Coming up, a new documentary looks at the disempowerment of women in the state. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Hi, I'm Richard Gershon, the host of In Legal Terms and a professor at the University of Mississippi School of Law. If you miss a live In Legal Terms episode, find our podcast, inlegalterms.mpbonline.org. Fix It 101 is a fun podcast with lots of home improvement information. Even if that's not your bag, all of the episodes are archived online. So if the mood strikes you or if the need motivates you, you can search your project. And yes, there is a Fix It 101 podcast for that. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. A new documentary looks at Mississippi over the course of five years as the state traversed several major movements in women's rights. During that time, an equal pay bill was passed and the Dobbs decision was handed down by the Supreme Court. Kelly DeWayne de la Vega is director of In the Bones. It's a film, and she says Mississippi is a mirror of the nation for viewing the disempowerment of women. We first were drawn to come to Mississippi because we had been reading about an equal pay bill that um, a bipartisan group of women in the state were trying to get passed. And that brought us here. We were interested in doing um, a story about sort of the status of women in the United States my family had lived in Jackson in the past. I'd been through here in the past. I thought it was a pretty special place. Um, and we came here and we began filming. And as we f- began filming, not only did the fight to try to pass an equal pay bill unfold, but also um, the 15-week abortion ban passed. And so we were sort of here for all of that. And we filmed with women in different parts of the state to collectively sort of shine a light on how there are different ways policy intersects both um, the political and the personal. Why did y'all see Mississippi as to shine a light on disempowerment of women? So around 2016, uh, my film partner Jessica Anthony and I really became sort of obsessed with thinking about the status of women in our country and started and felt like we wanted to do a film about that issue. Um, We were doing a lot of research at sort of different levels, like reading local newspapers in different areas of the country. We had read that Mississippi had the highest female poverty rate and uh, the fewest rights and protections and very low representation in government. Um, And then at the same time, we read that there was a bipartisan effort led by women um, to pass an equal pay bill. And sort of that, that combination of things got us interested, and that's what got us on the ground here. And then over the course of several years, the film and sort of grew into what we organically experienced while filming. Producer Jessica Anthony says they weren't expecting the Dobbs decision to happen during their filming, but it didn't come as a surprise. Really what spending a lot of time here taught us was that things here were revealed to us that I think are all over the country. So while we were 
inside of a, you know, filming inside of a legislature that was predominantly male, that to see that the voices of women were not at the forefront, and therefore you can draw sort of a direct correlation, most likely, to how women fare inside the state, but I think you see that all over the country. And, you know, what watching those two things unfold meant for us as filmmakers was that this was a much more nuanced, complicated journey to tell the story about what women are up against here in the state and in the country. Can y'all give a preview of the documentary in terms of what the kind of, how y'all dig into these topics? I think the way we dig into these topics, and this was a really challenging um, hurdle to get over in terms of how we crafted this film, which is that it's not a straight answer. It's a really hard thing to describe. It's a really hard thing to explain. And so what we tried to do is we tried to let this place have a heartbeat through through the film and to let sort of the the characters and their stories sort of create an emotion that helps you feel what is going on here versus being prescriptive. The documentary follows several major advocates for women's rights in Mississippi. Among them is Cassandra Welchland. She's executive director of the Mississippi Black Women's Roundtable. Welchland has long pushed for an equal pay bill to close the gender wage gap, but she says the bill passed last year did little to fix that. What we as an organization and as coalition members were trying to do in order to make sure women had economic security, you know, from equal pay to reproductive justice. And so it was, you know, four years, you know, in the making. And you could really see the um, transition of even politics that occurred that impacted what policy looked like and also how coalition started and then what it ended up being. So it really is a good documentary in the sense of how it tells the evolution of how I think policymaking happens and also what it looks like at the end. What does the disenfranchisement of women look like in Mississippi? How do you think it is iconic of the larger problems that every state might face? Oh, well, well I got to say, you know, Mississippi almost is, is, is the model on what disenfranchisement looks like, you know, for women um, in this country, and in particularly black women and black girls. I mean, you can look at the data sets, and the data sets tells, like, Who's in poverty? Where um, Mississippi has the highest children? I mean, um, poverty rate among children, and so it's very emblematic in that sense um, that we kind of set that tone. But it also is, I believe, it tells the story and the model around the efforts that we go through in order to make sure we have to stay the course because we know this is important because these are our people. And so it also talks about how you do coalition building, how you do the organizing work, which isn't foreign to, you know, Mississippi. We have been doing organizing, um, you know, for as long as, you know, I can remember, like, this is what the state does or, or grassroots organizing does in order to impact change that we want to see for our communities. And so it's, it holds both in. It holds the, the, the story around, you know, the hardships that we 
faced when it comes to you know who's at the bottom but then also it holds the struggle that we continue and the work that's done in order to make sure that our communities get what we need at the policy table. Have you had a chance to watch the film yet? I have. I've seen it a couple of times actually. What were your takeaways? Patriarchy is very real and it really shows up in this documentary and, uh, and not just in words but you can actually see it and the sexism and the racism that exists and how you're trying to build coalition and how politics gets in and where the coalition work may start off very strong, very diverse. It doesn't end that way uh, because politics really does step in. I think the other thing that's very interesting is that while this documentary was happening, the legislature was also passing the abortion ban that went all the way up to the Supreme Court that overturned Roe. And that is seen in this documentary, how it is all set up. And um, in the documentary, I believe it really shows how when we're trying to do this incredible work, we don't all stand together, even though when we talk about equal pay for equal work, it impacts every woman. And we all started out strong, Republican women, you know, Democratic women, white women, black women, we all started out strong. But when the Republican Party um, says you can't go as far, it really shows up that you really can't push this all the way where we can have a good equal pay law. So it shows all of these different things, these different nuances um, in the documentary. Cassandra Welchlin is with the Mississippi Black Women's Roundtable. She's one of the voices that participated in the new documentary, In the Bones. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.